Hey everybody, welcome to episode 52 of Junior Golf Keys. I'm your host, Matt, and I really appreciate you guys tuning in this week. Um, I'm excited for our guest this week, but before we get there, I just want to thank you. Um, I appreciate you tuning in each and every week, and uh, just want to encourage you guys to continue to connect with me. Uh, you can connect with me on social media uh, at our handle, at Junior Golf Keys, on all social media platforms. Uh, would love to communicate with you guys there, either via the comments or direct messages. Uh, Want to continue to receive feedback so that we can make this show better and we can continue to bring on guests that are going to talk about the things that are important to you guys that are going to help you navigate your junior golf journey. So please, please, please head over to uh, some social media sites. I'd also love it if you guys would take an opportunity to uh, leave a review of the show. Even if you've been listening for just a couple episodes, or maybe this is your first episode that you're listening to when you're done, um, I'd really appreciate you going over uh, to the podcast platform that you listen on, leaving a review, leaving some comments. Um, always good to just tell other people about what you like about the show and what you don't like about the show, and uh, kind of rate that as it falls in the junior golf podcasting space. So really trying to be the best out there, really trying to provide you guys with the most value that we can. So. Thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, really appreciate it. Our guest this week, Tenzin Sarong, is actually a parent. Um, Tenzin has been listening and tuning into the podcast for a while, and uh, he and I have been chatting back and forth via direct message for probably a couple months now. Um, so it's really excited, or it's really exciting for me to have him on. Um, I think he's got some really unique and interesting perspective about how to raise a young junior golfer. His daughter, Aria, is only six years old and uh, they spend a lot of time together on the golf course. So uh, for some of you young parents out there that have young players up and coming in the game, this is an episode that you don't wanna miss. Um, and I'm really glad that you tuned in for it because we're just gonna talk about some of the simple things about having fun out on the golf course, about um, letting the child drive the activities uh, to even go out to the golf course or you know what they're doing while they're out there and certainly there's some framework around uh, you know structuring practice time and those types of things but when you've got a six-year-old child uh, that just loves the game and loves to get out there and have fun with you as their parent and then you equally can do a really good job of removing the emotion and the technical aspect of the game out of it while still encouraging and helping them through the process um, I think Tenzin is a prime example of that. So I'm really excited to get into our conversation with him because I think you guys are going to take a ton of value away from this conversation. Uh, but before we get there, I do want to tell you about my partner, Golf Kicks. Golf Kicks has changed the game when it comes to golf shoes. They've given us the opportunity to take ordinary sneakers and turn them into golf shoes using their aftermarket spikes. Uh, they have received some innovation awards from My Golf Spy and Golf Digest and even struck a deal with Mark Cuban on Shark Tank. So these guys are the real deal and uh, they really make a nice product. So I love you know wearing my golf kicks while I'm out there on the course. And I think for anybody that's looking to bring their flavor and fashion from off the course onto the course with a functional golf shoe, I think Golf Kicks is the answer. So um, really excited to have them as a partner. Actually, if you head over to our social media pages, you're going to see a video that I posted this past week about some giveaways that we're doing with some Golf Kicks products. 
uh, over the next couple months. So I'm really excited about that to get you guys involved and uh, promote some more, you know, golf kicks type stuff out there uh, with these contests. So by all means, you don't have to wait, you know, to win a free pair of golf kicks. You can always head over to the website, www.golfkicks.com. And uh, they've been kind enough to reward this audience uh, just for tuning in and for us partnering with them to uh, have you receive 20% off your orders. So if you head over to golfkicks.com and you use the code JGK20, like Junior Golf Keys, JGK20, you'll get 20% off your Golf Kicks order today. Really appreciate you guys tuning in. You guys sit tight. We'll be back with our interview this week with Tenzin Sarang. All right, everybody, welcome back to this week's episode of Junior Golf Keys. Um, really excited for this week. Um, it's not very often that I have listeners join the podcast, but um, had a really good opportunity here. Um, today, I'm joined by Tenzin Srong, and um, he reached out to me via Instagram. Uh, it was a listener of the podcast. Um, he has a young daughter that plays the game. And um, just reached out to me to share some information and give me some feedback on the show. And we've shared a lot of messages back and forth over the past couple months. And I've really enjoyed it. So I thought it was a really good opportunity for us to have a conversation um, to see if we can bring some value to some of you other parents that are out there that are, um, you know, just kind of fumbling through or looking for um, new ways and new perspectives on raising junior golfers. So Tenzin, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, Matt, thank you so much for having us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, really excited to talk to you. I know that, you know, we've obviously had an opportunity to share some messages back and forth. I appreciate you reaching out to me and uh, just excited to kind of talk about uh, your journey and, uh, you know, your journey as a golfer and your journey with Aria. And, um, you know, mm -hmm. let's just jump into that. So, I mean, if you could, could you kind of start off and give the audience a little bit of context? I know you're a good player yourself. Um, can you just talk to us a little bit about how you got introduced to the game of golf? Um, so I was basically introduced by my dad um, when I was around nine or 10. I really don't know exactly when. And, uh, and I've been playing uh, occasionally. I mean, uh, yes, uh, when I was young, I used to play quite a lot. Uh, I won my first tournament uh, when I was 12. So that was already three years into the game. Uh, but I was brought up in India and I went to a uh, boarding school. So uh, opportunities for golf were very limited. So only, we used to only play when we were, uh, you know, on the holidays. Sure. Um, and then uh, traveled the world. I've uh, been playing golf on and off uh, whenever I had the chance. But uh, my real golf career kicked off when uh, I was in Oman. So I've been working in Oman for a couple of years. And, uh, and Oman didn't have a lot of golfers and there was not a lot to do. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, a, it's quite a, uh, you know, a conservative uh, sort of environment uh, with very little to do. Uh, so I, I started really uh, playing competitive golf in Oman. And uh, yeah, so uh, my golf career has really uh, started kicking off over maybe four or five years. That's great. So that's yeah, um... my You've sent me some some really cool pictures of uh, some courses there, and uh, what a beautiful landscape you've got there. 
Yeah, Oman uh, or the Middle East, uh, golf is very new. So maybe, uh, I mean, the uh, the golf course in uh, Dubai, which is famous, uh, I think it only started in 1980. Okay. So golf is very new there. Uh, Oman used to have a lot of sand golf courses. And I think only in 2011 or 12 that did they convert uh, most of the golf courses into grass. Okay. Uh, so there's only 800 golfers there and they have four golf courses in the capital city. Yeah. So a lot of opportunity to play. That's great. Um, well, tell us a little bit about your daughter and how she got introduced to the game. I'm assuming through you being an avid golfer, um, you know, you introduced her to the game, but tell us a little bit about that. Well, um, I wanted Aria to play golf uh, ever since she was born. I mean, even before she was born, I knew that she, I wanted her to play golf. And, uh, and I didn't know how I was going to get her, but I, but, I, but I thought that if I could actually get her subliminally, um, you know, if I could implant uh, golf in her mind from a very young age, I thought that at some point in time, she would be uh, accustomed to the environment. Okay. So when she was about five or six months, uh, I take her to the golf course every day. Um, so I had a, I had a child seat that I used to put on the buggy or the golf cart and, and I used to play every evening about four or five, uh, we used to plop ourselves on one of the holes because there was, uh, not a lot of people playing and, and I just practice and she'll be there and she'll be touching balls and touching clubs. Uh, and this was, uh, we did this for about three or four months. Okay. Uh, and then, uh, so then, um, I think last year, uh, I mean, I used to always play and, and golf is uh, all around in a, in a house. Uh, I'm always watching golf. I've got all these golf magazines. I'm always playing competition. Uh, I'm always going to the golf course to practice. She'll come with me, but she'll never play golf. I mean, she'll just be, if I go to practice, she'll just go to the bunker and she'll make a sand castle or something like that. <laughs> so, that, so, that so that was her golf. Um, and uh, last year, I quit my job in December. Uh, and that same time, the day I quit, I actually went to the golf course to the range to practice. And there was someone out there, and, and he wanted some tips. And, and I started teaching him. Uh, and, and then I started teaching more and more people. And then word got around. More and more people started uh, getting interested in taking lessons from me. Of course, I'm, I'm, not, a, I'm not a certified coach or anything like that. Um, and by the time we left in March, so that was three months, uh, I had about 20 Wow. And, and what I did, what I did was um, I built a, a small uh, net uh, in my house and, uh, and Arya would always watch from the window where I, she'd be curious and sometimes she'd come over and I'll get her to help me pick up balls and, you know, so she'd be like my assistant. Right. So when we had the lockdown and we came here uh, to our family home in India, uh, she just started. She just started hitting the ball, and I was amazed at uh, at how she could hit the ball because in December or January when I recorded her, I mean she couldn't even hit the ball. Huh. So subliminally, I think that it's the looking at how I'm coaching other people that you know that that she got interested in the swing and she started picking it up that way. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's interesting because. I'm not a parent myself, but, um, you know, yeah. I've got some young nieces and nephews and, you know, I've been a, around, um, you know, kids for a lot of years. So I was coaching little league baseball and stuff like that. And it always amazed me the, the little things that kids do pick up along the way that you don't even really realize. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. And it sounds like that's maybe what, what happened with her. It's funny. It, uh, your family sounds very similar to mine when I was growing up. Um, I was actually just having this conversation with my parents maybe a couple weeks ago, and we were talking on the phone about how 
um, you know, my dad's a really good golfer and uh, my mom used to go out to the driving range and, you know, just sit there and read a book or whatever. And um, they would bring me out there and I would just sit in the stroller or like you said, kind of play around and, you know, pick grass, I'm sure. And, uh, but was kind of, you know, obviously paying attention and stuff like that, just being in that environment. So it sounds very Mm -hmm. similar with Aria. Yeah. And then, and then parents don't think that kids are absorbing anything, but actually they're absorbing a whole lot more than we give them credit for. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, uh, since we've been here and since she's uh, got the golf bug, uh, she's been watching um, the documentary, the short game. Okay. And, and she'll go to the golf course uh, with me and then she'll be, uh, you know, hitting these balls and she'll say, oh, so-and-so does this, so I'm going to do this and I'm going to emulate their swing. And, and then she'll make a whole big story around it. Really? That's pretty neat. Yeah. Yeah, you sent me a message about that with uh, the short game because I had Alexa Pano on the podcast who was uh, mm-hmm. in that movie. So that's pretty cool that um, that was something that you referenced when you reached out. Yeah, yeah. So when Arya, when Arya started off, uh, both her hands would go straight back without bending any of their arms. Okay. And, and then one day she said, oh, uh, you know, Amari Avery does this, so I'm going to do this now. And then, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, within a couple of swings, she's changed the whole swing. Yeah, just and, by uh, emulating and, and, those players. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And it's, and it's crazy uh, the, how they can uh, change uh, things so fast, even without uh, going through any formative coaching of right. any sort. Right, right. Um, talk to us a little bit about... Uh, you know, we've shared some messages back and forth, you and I have about, um, you know, some of the things that you've learned just through the podcast and, you know, listening to some other people talk. Um, Has your approach changed with her at all um, since she got introduced to the game? Or can you talk to us a little bit about um, maybe how you started off with your approach and, you know, how it's maybe changed or, 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 you know, just evolved over, you know, the time that she's been involved in the game? Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, golf for me uh, was never about learning. It was always about playing. It was always about competitive. It was about always about me getting better. It wasn't uh, about learning more about the different facets of the game. And ever since she picked up golf, uh, uh, which was, I think, uh, maybe beginning April, uh, very early on, uh, you know, I already got indication that this is uh, what she wanted to do. This was her passion. Um, uh, and And... Getting that, then I said, okay, I got to start learning. So, so how I learned was uh, by going through all the podcasts, uh, by showing her and exposing her. So I exposed her to the short game. So she was exposed to that. Uh, so everything was uh, a learning uh, experience for me. Yeah, for sure. What, um, what are some of the biggest challenges that, that you're kind of faced with as you're, cause she's six years old, right? Yes, she is. Okay. So, uh, you know, I, I'm sure there are times, obviously, where, you know, maybe she's not 100% interested in, you know, hitting balls, but she wants to build a sandcastle in the in the bunker, right? Or, you know, stuff like that. Or what are some of the challenges that you face as a parent um, with a six-year-old golfer? Uh, I think the biggest challenge uh, for, for us uh, is, you know, we, I mean, of course, in the beginning, uh, you know, I was teaching her the technique and then we were starting um, to play these mini nine holes and I started making a small nine hole around uh, in the golf course that we play on. And, um, and, and, and deep down inside, sometimes when she doesn't score well, uh, we as parents, uh, we think and we say, oh, what? no, you're doing that perfectly before. Why are you not doing it now? 
but and and we kind of we kind of get worked up about it but what we don't understand or oh, now when i look back what i don't understand is that uh, she's not doing anything wrong you know she's uh, she's doing perfectly she's doing something that's perfectly natural i mean i always say golf is a process you know you in order in order for you to, so so we've been talking about uh, you know uh, how uh, to emulate a good golfer the only way that you can actually win uh, or be a, a regular winner is by losing you know <laughs> and and how you get a, become a better golfer is by making these mistakes but we get so worked up uh, you know at them you know hitting bad shots uh and this is one of the biggest challenges that i faced uh you know it's all it's all within myself yeah that's a really interesting perspective it makes me think about you know i've been in the junior golf space for a little while and i've talked about this a little bit where you know i i've seen some really young players just have very textbook uh swings very um you know smooth swings and technically sound but they really struggle playing the game of golf. They can stand on a driving range and hit very beautiful shots down the driving range, but you put them out on the golf course and it's a very almost foreign environment for them um, to just play the game. And so it's interesting that you bring that up. Can you go into that a little bit more in terms of the only way that you can really you know, consistently win is by losing. That's a really interesting statement, and I like it a lot. Can you talk about that a little bit more? Well, I guess um, you know, uh, we've started, or actually, Arya started playing golf uh, on the course uh, when I listened to your Operation Thirty Six uh, podcast, uh, which is a couple of podcasts ago. Okay. And and the moment um, I heard that, uh, I I said this is what we're gonna do. So I I I started uh, this little game with uh, where we do the Operation Thirty Six. And, um, and and we just keep playing, uh, you know, just nine holes, and then we do it again, and we do it again, and we keep doing it. Um, and and I find I find Arya um, being able to think in a little bit of a different way. So, for example, if there's a pin tucked on the left hand side of the green, she won't go for the pin; she'll go to the fat part of the green. So I say, hey, why do you do that? And she say, oh, that's because I I don't want to go into the bunker. Nah. Um, so, so she's already uh, building strategy in her mind. So there, there is one hole where she'll always keep it short. She'll always keep it short, and it drives me crazy. So why <laughs> are you not going for it? You know. No, so, and then she says, "Oh, because I don't want to go over. I want to be short, so I can easily putt because it's easy to putt, and I like the slope." Interesting. So her, yeah. she's really learning. It sounds like from a course management perspective, you know how to think her way around the golf course. Yes, and over the last uh, three or four days, what we've uh, begun to do is remove uh, the notion of fear. So um, she, she, she's always saying, "Oh, uh, you know." So, so there was this bunker that she had to clear, and and she was thinking about clearing the bunker, but but she landed in the bunker. So I said, "What happened?" She said, "Oh, I was thinking about get clearing the bunker, and I actually went to the bunker." So I said that the only way that you'll be able to clear the bunker is to visualize that the bunker is not there and to go for it. Mm. So, so now we are focusing on removing fear from her vocabulary. So have no fear. Okay. You know, you want a three putt, three putt long. It's okay. Have no fear. Don't be scared. Okay. Okay. How has her response been to that? Uh, well, because she's the driving force in our relationship for golf. So every time and every morning we go play golf every day. 
so i'll tell her say hey what do you want to do so she say hey i want to play golf you know <laughs> yeah um, so and then and 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 because she's so in tuned and and into the game i mean she wouldn't do anything else she just play golf she said okay i want to do this so the only thing that we do differently is um, there's a little bit of a monster game that we do so for example uh, when when she's practicing her chips i make her do uh, one chip one putt to simulate uh, a golf course so in a golf course when you hit a chip you're going to putt after that or you're going to chip again if you chip it short yep but it's it's getting that stimulation of simulation of what you're actually going to do on the golf course right so so her chipping practice is one chip one putt one chip one putt so she does three in a row then i kind of do like a monster dance so basically what i do is i run towards her she runs away i catch her and i say i'm the monster and i'm going to eat you so she loves that <laughs> you know yeah so so she's always looking forward to that so i guess the uh, most important thing is to let kids always look forward to something right and and sometimes you know it's three in a row it's three chips in a row so she'll do two wherever she wants to and the third one i put in a really difficult spot because because i wanted to carry her i don't want to do a monster dance all the time because i get tired cuz i got to run after her, i got to pick her up and you know spin her around right so I, i put her in this really difficult down slope or you know so and then after she's done at least about 20 or 30 of them then i'll put her in an easy spot so we can do one monster okay okay that's a really good method it sounds like you just do a really good job of keeping the game fun but i love what you said about um one chip one putt and it it makes me think about actually i i just reposted and shared something today that um chris zambri who used to be the head coach at uh university of southern california um shared he's doing some coaching now um some actually in, instruction teaching um since he left the university and i remember when i had him on the podcast we talked about this where um you know practicing the short game is very important but he was very keen on players practicing their short game with one ball. Um mm-hmm. and the reason that he said that and I I'm assuming this is very similar to why you're having her do this is it just it, it simulates more of a real course environment. Um he was talking about how, you know, if you drop a basket of balls and you've got, you know, 50 golf balls to to pitch up onto the green, you're not really taking your time and dedicating and going through a routine and making every shot count you can kind of fall into a pattern where you're just you know hitting ball after ball and really not being productive in your practice is that kind of the methodology behind why you do that yeah and uh, and if you if you just keep uh, you know hitting these 50 balls a ball after ball after ball it's just a perfect lie You know? right and and basically what happens is um you know i again from your podcast i think um i was connected to the talent code which is uh, one of the books i recently read okay and and basically what that happens is you know i think it's just that that muscle memory you know that repetitive nature so your mind automatically once you're doing this is uh, you know you hit one and then your mind automatically thinks about the next ball that you're going to hit sure but this yeah, is never going to happen in the golf course because this never happens on the golf course because you hit and then you go and you putt or you know if your if your chip is short it's over then you're hitting the next shot right right you know yeah. as opposed to just hit yeah continuous hitting yeah that's a great point i mean sometimes i know for myself personally when i'm out working on my short game sometimes i'll use two balls and you know if i'm if i'm chipping and putting and i do that basically where i may play the number 1 ball against the number 3 ball 
and I just play a match mm-hmm. against myself, um, which, mm-hmm. you know, I think is a good way to just try to create some competition internally within myself so that I am concentrating on every shot too. So, you know, there's a lot of different ways to do it, but I think the important thing is, yeah, just making the produ- the, the practice productive and fun, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, uh, I remember um, reading a little bit about, about Lydia Ko and about what her father used to do when uh, when she was young. And he used five balls and he'll, he'll place five balls uh, in the chipping area. And then she'll hit those and then he'll go and he'll put five more balls in a different place. Yep. And then he'll do it in a different place. So this is what we do as well. So we just keep going around and around, uh, you know, different parts of the chipping green, you know, slopes, uphill, downhill, different, different chips. Uh, and, and, and she's got four clubs. She'll use all four different clubs. So she'll know how to hit a chip with a six iron. She knows how to hit it with a hybrid, with a pitching wedge, and also taught her how to flop. Yep. yep. So I was watching a video today of, of her doing that, actually, which I thought was just a it's just a really good thing to do. And I remember, you know, when, when my dad was teaching me to play, um, he used to encourage me to try to hit different clubs to the same yardage. And so like, if you had 125 yards, you know, see what type of a flight on the ball you will need and what type of a, uh, length of a swing you'll need to hit a seven iron only 120 yards or then hit a pitching wedge or hit a four iron. Um, it can develop a lot of skills that way, right? Yes, absolutely. I mean, Arya is young, but uh, the only thing that now she ingrains is uh, the nine o'clock uh, swing and the 11 o'clock swing. Okay. You know? So she'll look at me and she'll say, oh, nine o'clock, 11 o'clock, you know? So, so then yeah. I, I say, okay, you know, what did you do? So she said, oh, I did a nine o'clock, you know? Uh, but and I and I think again as you talked about challenges, I think another one of the very important things that uh, you know we try to do process. You know, so I tell Arya to always visualize behind the ball for every shot what you want to do, and then don't have any swing thoughts, don't have any thoughts, just have that same visualization thoughts and hit the ball. Mm. Of course, uh, she's six uh, and her mind isn't that developed, so of course, she, <laughs> sure. she, you know, she her visualization is uh, a little bit funky. <laughs> yeah, but you know, she's she's making that effort, right? Well, but it sounds like it's working, right? I mean, when you give the example of, um, you know, the pin tucked in the left and there's a bunker that's guarding that pin and she hits it to the fat part of the green to the right, you know, she's obviously decided in her mind um, that there's a reason that she's doing that and she's visually kind of seeing what some of those challenges are in front of her and it's helping her to work around those. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, what kinds of advice do you have for other parents that are out there? I mean, um, as a good player yourself, as somebody that's got a young child that's coming up and playing, uh, I think a lot of this stuff that you're talking about is really good stuff. I mean, what other kinds of things do you think are important for parents to just understand about raising a young golfer specifically? I think uh, at a very young age uh, or, or at some point in time, I think it's very important for the parent to have the discussion with their child as to what they what they really want out of the game. I mean, of course, they're not going to be saying, "Oh, I want to go to college to play golf." But I mean, you know, uh, you know, implicitly, uh, you know, you can you can pick up. For example, okay. with Aria, with Aria, she says, "Oh, uh, you know, I want to uh, be the best that I can be. I want to win trophies, and I want to be on TV." <laughs> so, so, so these are three cues that I know that she really wants to take this forward. Okay. Now, now I sometimes uh, am a little bit. 
she's doing all this just because she wants to make me happy or she wants to do this because she really loves the game and and of course uh, i do a little bit of uh, a little bit of tricks uh, with her and i and i try to uh, try to see if i if she really so i say oh today this is a bad day let's go let's go you know uh, no more golf and i just want to see what her reaction is and and sometimes she's just howl and she'll cry no 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 i really want to don't go no so then i know that oh she really has that passion for the game hmm. because at the end of the day i really don't want it to be about me i want it to be about her what she wants to do and and if it's what she wants to do then i'm willing to support her and go behind her no matter what uh, you know the odds are we will we will do it so i yeah. think for parents it's very important to actually understand this uh, i mean of course maybe they might be too young but at some point in time they're going to have that discussion sure because because then the parents role comes in right because it's very important it's critical for the parents role uh, to be with the child together it's not it's the child doesn't do it on her own or on, on his own it's it's a team yeah yeah and i think that uh, yeah yeah that's a great approach i mean like i said i've been around a, a lot of junior golfers i've been around a lot of parents and families and i've observed a lot and i can tell you that that approach um even if she doesn't take golf, you know, to the furthest level that she may be capable of, um, she's definitely going to continue to enjoy the game if, you know, she's making the decision. And I think that's just such an important thing for parents to understand. Um, it's tough for me to say it, like I said, cause I'm not a parent, so I don't know what mm -hmm. it's like to be in your shoes or any other parent's shoes. Um, but I mm -hmm. can tell you that when I observe that and when I hear you talk about it, um, it, it almost gives me goosebumps because it, it just it just feels really good. It just feels like the right thing to do, because mm -hmm. at the end of the day, I think it's so important um, for the kid to just be happy playing the game and to have fun playing the right. game. And if they're forced to do it, it, um, it, it does. It's not any fun that way. And so oh, absolutely. I love the approach yeah. that you take. And I also I also read somewhere uh, where a lot of parents were were kind of struggling because basically what they'll do is uh, they'll play uh, for for kids they'll play on a Saturday and then they'll wait for a whole week in order for them to play again so it's it's a whole week that's gone by yeah uh, so I, I I read somewhere that it's it's very important uh, for the parent to actually keep uh, the concept of golf um, within their home so you're always watching TV, golf on TV you have books all over you're always talking about the sport so at least uh, you know they can relate it's not like they're doing it one week and then they forget about it for a week and then they again think about it next week but it's it's everywhere you know right and, and then it could subconsciously be, it could be yeah exactly it could be even a even a conversation about a driver say hey, uh no go online uh, you know pick out a driver and say hey do you like this driver what do you think about this driver i mean you could it but the concept of golf and that conversation is always flowing uh week in and week out yeah 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 for sure i mean i think um, and I think that maybe that, that comes with a lot of different, I, I think that could be relatable to different sports or different topics, whether it's, um, you know, even like reading books or if it's, you know, mm -hmm. a, a different sport specifically, I think, um, as parents, it's a good idea to just expose the children to a lot of different things to help, help yourself really understand what they like and what they're good at. Right. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, I love that. Um, is there anything else that that maybe you want to chat through that you think kind of in your experience in the past couple of years, 
um, has just been, you know, kind of eye opening for you or um, anything that you think that would just be important to share? Um, well, I guess, um, you know, for specifically with golf, uh, you know, it's, it's a very long term sport. I mean, you know, you don't become a great golfer in, in a year or two years. It takes, it's, 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 a, it's a process, you know, it's a long process. Right. And, and every day, uh, no matter what the incident, no matter how small the incident, it all adds uh, towards that bigger picture in, in mind. You know, it's a, you know, for example, I mentioned about, uh, you know, winning through losing. You know, because uh, you have that, you know, you have, you learn, you know, what you, what the mistakes that you made. You know? Yeah. So I think, uh, I think that is uh, quite critical that I didn't think then, but now I, I, I see it now. Yeah. And yeah, I think that golf, I've said this before that, I mean, golf, in my opinion, is the most parallel sport to life. And there's just so many different lessons uh, that can be learned through the game of golf. What are some of the, if if you could recall, maybe just off the top of your head, what are some of the lessons that you've maybe seen? Obviously, problem solving, I think, is one that you've described uh, with Aria that, you know, has uh, come up in her development. I think you just gave some examples that speak to, you know, problem solving and planning and those types of things. But any other attributes that you've seen come out in her through the game of golf? I guess uh, the entire demeanor, um, you know, Basically, for us, uh, golf is about uh, predominantly eighty or ninety percent. For us, golf is mental. It's uh, it's your perspective, it's your attitude, and it's your perception. Uh, we talk a lot about uh, you know you have an eagle, you have a birdie, you play well. You we try to keep your emotions in check. You have uh, a bad bounce, keep that emotion in check. Uh, slowly, slowly, we are trying to talk about uh, after every shot for five seconds, you think about that shot, whether it's a good shot or a bad shot, and then completely forget about it. Forget about it. It's done. Mm. So as in life as well, you know, it's uh, learning to let go uh, of the past and try to move on into the future. Yeah. Uh, and I think this is really, really essential uh, for us. And what I'm trying to bring in her uh, is to forget about the past. Just focus on the future. The next step, the next step, the next step. Yeah. Was that... What was that process like? I mean, from from the beginning, what were her reactions and tendencies? And then kind of how has that evolved for her as you guys started talking about these types of things? I mean, for a six-year-old, it's very difficult to uh, to talk immediately there and then. So what we do now is um, <clears throat> we play nine holes. I keep quiet. I don't say anything for nine holes. Um, and after nine holes, we sit down together. We say, hey, what did you learn? You know, uh, we sit on the green and we say, what did you learn? So she said, oh, so yesterday she was saying, oh, I learned that, uh, you know, uh, I shouldn't be hitting the six iron off the rough. I mean, I couldn't hit the six iron of the rough. So I said, okay, then why did you hit a pitching wedge? Because it's got a higher loft. So I... I took the pitching wedge and the six iron and I showed her the different lofts to show her how it would interact and how the ball would fly. Okay. Uh, so that's, uh, so we, we, we stop after nine holes and we say, okay, what did we learn? So that is uh, one of the things that we're doing now. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's interesting because obviously you're a very savvy golfer and you understand a lot of these things. If you were speaking to a parent that was not, what would your advice be to them about these types of topics? I'd say uh, for any child, I'd say that they really need to find a coach um, for one uh, and then be very attentive as to, uh, you know, what the coach is saying so that when the lesson is over and that gap between the lessons uh, for the coach, uh, for the parent to actually spend time with the child and say, hey, remember the coach said this, so this is what we should be working on. Yeah. So to be that support system. 
um, you know, I, I know a lot of parents that just take their child, go to the golf course and drop them off with the coach and then they're doing whatever they want to and then they come back and they pick up their kid. Right. But unfortunately, in the long term, that's not going to work because the parent also has to be as invested as the child. You know? Yeah, yeah. No, I think that that's great. Um, yeah, definitely having a good understanding, even if you don't know all the details, at least being able to communicate back and talk through some of the things that those children are listening to their coaches about and learning through their coaches um, to like you said, help them in between the times that they see their coaches and instructors. I ju- yeah, I think mm-hmm. that's a really important thing for sure. I mean, this is, this is exactly what uh, Colin Morikawa's dad did. I mean, you know, he'd be there at every lesson. He'd be there paying attention with everything. Yep. You know, and, that, and that's what Colin says a lot. He speaks a lot about, and even uh, his coach, Rick, also talks about, uh, you know, how his dad was there every single lesson. Right. And it's not necessarily you know? saying anything, right? It's just, it's observation. Exactly. Uh-huh. It's, you're just there, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love that. That's great. Um, do you want to grab Aria? Uh, yeah. Hold okay. On. Let's chat with her. Say hi to Matt. Hello. Hey, Aria. How are you? Good. Good. Are you going to play some golf today? Yeah. You are? Can mm-hmm. you tell? Can you tell us, do you know what you're on the podcast right now? Uh, you're, you're, you're talking to Matt, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit about what you love about the game of golf? Um, I like to do um, chipping putt by myself. Chipping and putting by Sometimes. yourself? What? You like to chip and putt by yourself? Mm-hmm. What do you like about that? It feels quiet because when when people talk, I get disturbed about it, and then I uh, then I won't have chicken putts. Okay. Okay. Can you tell me a little bit about uh, what you do with your dad on the golf course? We do monsters sometimes. In fact, no, three in a row. Sometimes four in a row. Okay. What is the monsters? Mm, when I chip, you just have to do three in a row. Two, one putt, and then when you put it in, my dad chased me, and then you, and also you could putt three in a row. Okay. Well, that's great. It sounds like you have a lot of fun. I've watched a lot of your videos and you have a really good golf swing. Yeah, but sometimes in the, but the old things in the golf course, I do, um, put the left arm and the right arm straight. And I, and I look at the video and that looks very silly on my swing. Only my, um, Body's moving up. Yeah. <clears throat> what types of things are you working on and learning with your golf swing? So when we play nine holes, sometimes I just do um, 
when I don't concentrate, just then I go in the bunker and hit the top, hit the ball, not the tee. Okay. Then another, and then it, then it won't go, and it won't fly. Okay. Okay. Well, I really appreciate you listening to the podcast and uh, being on the podcast today and talking about golf. Um, if you could, if you could tell any other kids uh, that are out there what you love about the game of golf. Uh, what would you tell them? Practice and loving the game. That's all you have to love the game. Practice and loving the game. Well, I love that. I think that's a really good message to send to them. And is there anything that you would say to any other parents that are listening out there like your dad? And how they can help their kids? Practice and, and have fun and enjoy the game and loving the game. I love that, Aria. Thank you very much for sharing it. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> Hello. Hey. Yeah, sorry. That was great. Yeah. Uh, Kids are so innocent Sorry, she, and, and honest, yeah. and, I, and I love it. I mean, uh, the thing about the bunker, she said, is, uh, you know, basically, um, we about a couple of days ago, there's a big bunker that she got to clear with a tee-off shot. Okay. And, and, and then she, she goes into the bunker, and then she says, oh, yeah, I didn't visualize, and I didn't. So she was scared to clear, and that's what I was telling her. I was like, listen, right. if, you, if you have the fear, you are going to go into that bunker. So yeah. you got to remove that fear. And then, uh, you know, thereafter, I mean, she's always been clearing it because she's removed that from her mind. Right, right. So that's what she was mentioning. That's funny. That's funny. <laughs> um, well, this has been a really good conversation. Um, I really appreciate you coming on. I love the approach that you take with her. And I think that some of the stuff that you've talked about today is definitely valuable for other parents that are out there, especially with very, very young kids uh, that are you know interested in the game or they're wanting to introduce to the game. I think that the way that you've approached it, um, obviously you can tell in Aria's voice and her excitement and you know some passion and um, you know just practice and have fun and you know those types of things. It's just really important. So yeah, like I mentioned about cues. I mean sometimes uh, uh, you know the golf course has been closed or it still is closed. It's locked down. Right. Uh, where we are a member, uh, but we still sneak into the golf course and she sometimes gets up at like three o'clock and she says, oh, I had a dream of golf. Let's go play golf now. <laughs> and uh, we've been, we've been on the course at four in the morning. <laughs> oh, know? wow. So, so you can see some pictures with, you know, the, the dawn is just breaking. It's five o'clock and we're there at the golf course. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> so so uh, I guess, I guess that's what, that's what I would tell parents to, you know, whatever their child wants to do, uh, just do it. I mean, you know, don't think, oh, it's four in the morning or it's three in the morning, but just do it i mean fuel it you know yeah yeah i love it i love it um uh, well you listen to the show you know that at the end i like to kind of toss them the microphone back to the guest um to fire a question mm -hmm. or two back at me so is there anything that mm -hmm. i can answer that maybe is uh important to you yeah we i've got uh, two questions i've already prepared <laughs> okay perfect um i i wanted to know what your thoughts are on 
girl golfers are peaking much faster than boy golfers and different approaches that they take. For example, you'll see uh, girls that are 11 or 12 qualifying for the US Open. Mm -hmm. uh, they're winning pro tournaments at 14 or 15. Uh, a lot of them, uh, they just turn pro directly after high school. Uh, and and they don't they don't seem to look back uh, while it takes a little bit longer for boys. Uh, I wonder why uh, this is the scenario. Is it because uh, the competition in women's golf is a little bit lower, or is it? I don't I don't know what it is. So I just wanted to see what your thoughts are on this. Um, I, I, not I don't think it's the competition being lower. Personally, I I think I think it's just biology. Honestly, I, I think that mm -hmm. the female body. Uh, and develops quicker than the male body. Um, mm -hmm. I think, I think also from a mental perspective, um, it, at least in my experience being around younger players, I think that the female players tend to be uh, a little bit more mature earlier on. And so right. I think it's just a combination of um, the, the physical, um, uh, growth and being a little bit further ahead as well as the mental. I don't know that there's necessarily like a, a big underlying reason. I think it's just a natural uh, progression based on, you know, biology, honestly. Right. 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 And, and secondly, I would just want to ask you, um, I mean, you've been, uh, or you've got a background in an academy um, and just wanted to see, uh, you know, what are the pros and cons uh, of uh, a young, uh, you know, child going to an academy as opposed to just doing it at home. I mean, I know that, you know, uh, there's not a one size fits all solution, but again, just wanted to know what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, and I've received it from several listeners you know, when I was in the academy space, um, my main goal, I recruited players from all around the world. And my main goal when I was working um, in that role was to help that family make the best decision for their kid at that time. And so sometimes that was uh, they needed to come that semester. Sometimes mm -hmm. was, it was, you know, they needed to wait a couple years um, and maybe they needed to mature a little bit before they were ready for that environment. And sometimes it was, you know, this, I don't think this is the right fit for you at all. Um, mm -hmm. So there are a lot of different academies out there across the, um, across the world, really, but there are definitely a lot in the United States. Um, and they vary in sizes and they vary in structure. Um, so there are some academies out there that have their own school uh, and they do that internally. Um, and they also have other things that are internalized, like the fitness training and the mental training and the nutrition training and all those things are incorporated. Um, there's several academies like that, a couple in the, in the Florida area where I am. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and then there are some other ones out there that, um, that are structured in a way where they have golf training, but maybe they partner with another school that's off site. And so, um, that's a little bit of a different dynamic and different environment. Um, you know, there are some academies that choose to have uh, in the range of 20 to 25 kids. And there are other academies out there that want to have, you know, 150 kids in their program. So, you know, for me, I think what's really important, if that's something that any parent is considering for their child, 
I think it's really important to visit. It's like, it's like visiting a, a university, honestly. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's like going out and, and really, you know, geographically, do you like the location? Um, you know, is that the right size for you? Does it have the right feel for you? And I think you're only going to be able to understand that if you actually go out and visit much like you would do, uh, in the college recruiting process. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, I, I just, I think it's, I think it's just really important to gather all the information you can and look at the options. Cause at the end of the day, um, you know, I think you mentioned something about this earlier in another topic. It's just not a one size fits all. Yeah. Um, you know, people gravitate and thrive in different environments. And um, the one other important thing that I would really stress, and this is something that I always tried to figure out when I was working with families, is I tried to figure out who was driving the decision. Right. Um, and not financially, because obviously the parent is equipped if they're making that type of a commitment they're equipped to make that financial commitment mm-hmm. um but what i mean is who's deciding that the kid wants to be there and in right. my in my opinion and in my experience because i've seen it work uh this way a lot the kid has to make the decision and if they if it's not the kid making the decision um, it will not work. And I, what I mean by that is um, I think that if a parent forces their child to go into that environment, it's a very intense environment. It's a, all day, it's school, it's study, it's fitness. It's, it's much like fast forwarding into a university lifestyle. And uh, I think that a kid can maybe in the short term, um, like in the first year, the first semester, deal with it and be okay with it. But I think in the long term, it can be very detrimental if they're not the one that's driving it. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, so that would be what I would say. But yeah, um, I love talking to families about that. I've got several relationships with academies around the country. And, um, you know, I I try to help the best that I can in pointing them in the right direction. Mm. So... um, what else? You got anything else for me? No, that's it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, well, Tenzin, I really appreciate you being on. I think this has been a really valuable conversation. Um, I love the approach that you take with your daughter. I think that, um, like I said earlier, if, if she decides at one point that she doesn't want to pursue golf, like at a very elite level, I think at the very least she's golf is going to be a game for her that she's going to play for the rest of her life and really enjoy it because of the approach oh, yes. that you've taken yeah. with her oh, for yes. sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you very much for being on. I really appreciate your time. Uh, thank you for having us. Uh, it's been a blast and, uh, and she's, yeah, she's still very excited. <laughs> That's great. Well, thank you, Arya. Yeah. Arya, say bye. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, That was great. I really appreciate it. uh, Just just one one last thing that I'd like to add is, uh, you know, everything that um, we've been doing uh, with me and Aria is uh, as a result of what I've been listening and as a result of what I've been learning these last five or six months. 
so thank you. So thank yeah. So thank you for uh, for bringing uh, junior golf and 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 approach uh, towards our life. We've just incorporated it in our own style, but everything is uh, what we've learned uh, listening to your podcast. So thank you very much. Absolutely, absolutely. I love hearing that, and I really appreciate you sharing that with me. Thank you very much. Okay. Thank you. Take care. All right. You too. Bye. 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 Well, that wraps up episode 52 of Junior Golf Keys with our guest this week, Tenzin Sarong, uh, calling in from India. So I really had a a fun time talking with Tenzin. And uh, as you could tell throughout our conversation, you know, we've shared some stuff with each other back and forth uh, via Messenger. And uh, I just thought bringing him on to tell his story and having his daughter Arya as a guest uh, was really going to help speak to you parents that are out there with really young kids that are just trying to figure out how to do things the right way, coach and guide your kids through the world of junior golf. So if you took any value away from this episode, I would really appreciate you sharing it. Um, Make sure that you leave a review. Also make sure that you subscribe so you don't miss out on some of the exciting guests that we've got coming up. And I hope you join me next week for another episode of Junior Golf Keys.